From Public Radio International, this is The World. A co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH Boston. It's Wednesday, August 11th. I'm Jeb Sharp. The sons of Iraq switched sides and helped the U.S. turn the war around. Now, as American forces prepare to leave, there are reports that some sons of Iraq are rejoining al-Qaeda. Also, later in the program, burial plots in Germany. You don't buy them, you rent them. So after a few decades, you might get this warning on your tombstone. It says, Liegezeit abgelaufen. Means, quite literally, time to rest in peace has run out. Now this news. BBC News with David Austin. The United Nations has launched an appeal for more than $450 million to help those affected by the floods in Pakistan. The money is for immediate relief in the next three months. The UN's humanitarian aid chief, John Holmes, urged the international community to donate more money. It is an unfolding disaster. It is not over by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, so I would encourage you to be as generous as you possibly can in response to what is a major catastrophe. Aid agencies in Pakistan have warned that unless help increases considerably, many more lives will be at risk. Earlier, the chief minister of one of the worst affected areas, Khyber Pakhtunkhwa province, also made an urgent plea for assistance. From Pakistan, here's Aleem Makbul. It's taken days, even for Pakistanis, to comprehend the scale of this disaster. What started in the north as the heaviest rains ever recorded here led to vast areas being totally submerged. But then that huge body of water created surged south in a powerful torrent that is still going. Every province of Pakistan has now been affected. Large districts have been rendered inaccessible by the waters. And as so many wait for food, clean water or shelter to come their way, frustrations at the impotence of the Pakistani government grow. The United States has announced it plans to sell Kuwait the latest version of the Patriot interceptor missile. The Pentagon said Kuwait was seeking more than 200 of the missiles in a deal valued at over $900 million. It said Kuwait needed the missiles to counter current and future threats of enemy air-to-ground weapons. The Russian Air Force says it's deployed surface-to-air missiles in the breakaway region of Abkhazia in Georgia. The Air Force commander, General Alexander Zelin, said the purpose was to defend the territories of Abkhazia and South Ossetia, another breakaway region of Georgia. Russia, which already has military bases in both regions, is one of the few countries to recognize the two territories as independent. From Georgia, Tom Esselmont. A lot of mystery still surrounds Russia's announcement, but Georgia remains defiant. The head of Georgia's National Security Council, Ekaterkeshlashvili, accused Russia of strengthening its role as what she called an occupier. She said it showed Moscow did not intend to withdraw its troops from Abkhazia, which have remained there since the Georgia-Russia war in August 2008. Zimbabwe has begun its first authorised sale of diamonds since the lifting of a suspension imposed last November by the Kimberley process, which seeks to prevent trade in diamonds fueling conflict. International buyers joined members of the government at Harare Airport to mark the lifting of the suspension. But human rights activists criticised the decision, saying questions remained unanswered on the role of the military in the eastern diamond fields. World News from the BBC. 
The head of the Israeli army says more force should have been used against the Turkish ship, the Mavi Marmara, trying to break the blockade of Gaza in May. Giving evidence to an Israeli investigation, General Gabi Ashkenazi said accurate weapons rather than stun grenades should have been employed to ensure what he called sterile conditions on the deck of the Mavi Marmara. Nine activists died when the ship was stormed by Israeli commanders.